What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Forno Show. Tonight, we're going to be discussing the NFL Scouting Combine. If you don't know what it is, this is going to be the show for you. We are going to be talking about what it means to the Vikings, what it means to the rest of the NFL, what we can gather from this weekend that is often referred to as the Underwear Olympics. We're going to touch on a couple other things, and we're going to do another mock draft. Sit tight. We're going to have a good time tonight. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Welcome to The Real Forno Show. Managing editor of the USA Today's Vikings Wire. Betting and college football analysis for the Fantasy Points website. Publisher of Substack Run and Shooter. Host of The Good, The Bad, and The Hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. As well as a member of Climbing the Pocket. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Real Forno Show. I am your host, Tyler, and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see up in the right corner, producer Dave. Dave, how are you doing on this glorious Monday? Ah, doing wonderful. It's been a busy Monday. We got out that show earlier today. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Tyler did a short episode earlier. Tell him about it, Tyler. Absolutely. So... If you didn't hear on Friday, Jalen Ramsey was basically put on the trade block, for better or worse, by Tom Pelissero. There had already been conversations that he was going to be uh, traded, and it seems like according to sources in the league, that's uh, almost certainty at this point. So we discussed whether it was good for the Vikings. We talked about the positives. We talked about the negatives. We talked about if it makes sense, and we uh, we kind of fell into two camps, one reason that it does make sense and one that doesn't. Um, if you want to listen to it, it's only seven minutes. I highly recommend you doing so. If you're listening on podcast, you can also go up just ahead of this show and you can listen to it as well. It's a real quick and easy one, and it'll give you the baseline of information you need to decipher whether you think it's a good idea. It's not just, Hey, the guy's really talented. We need him. Of course. There are always other elements to it, and those variables are what we discussed, and I thought it ended up being a very good discussion and a very brief one. So if you're just sitting on the toilet and you want to have something to do while you're while you're finishing your business, it's perfect. Or taking a shower. I love listening to podcasts while, while I'm in the shower, just getting clean and all squeaky, smelly good. Well, seven minutes is about the right time for a shower. It'll give you an, some nice listening. Dave, I, I'm not going to lie. We have the Gowden Combine coming up this weekend, which tells me two things. One, we're two days away from March, which means winter's almost over. And two, we're going to learn a lot of information about some of these prospects, and it's going to help clear our minds when it comes to the NFL draft. And quite frankly, I'm really excited. You aren't the only one. I am too. Now, the Combine itself is a fascinating little beast. Yes, the players run around in their spandex and they get tested on all sorts of things. They get wired up for speed and heart and all the, all sorts of medical checks. They do their 40s. They run around the cones. They do this. They do that. They do their jumping. And all those factors are just possible indicators to move a player up or down on somebody's board, right? The majority of what a team scouts is how they played. But if suddenly that player has a little bit extra more oomph, right, that a coach might say, hey, I can develop that, they may move up. If they do poorly, they may move down. It may be a great wide receiver, but if he runs a 4, 6, 40, uh, he's dropping. And mm-hmm. it's those things that are fun, <clears throat> along with all the rumors 
that come out of Indianapolis. Absolutely. Okay, so there's a lot that we're going to talk about today, and we are going to have a ton of coverage on VikingsWire.com. Um, make sure you check that out. Follow me on Twitter at the Real Forno, and you're going to have a lot of combine stuff. I'm going to be watching it live, watching all the workouts, watching um, and, and consuming all kinds of content, talking to a lot of people throughout uh, the media, and trying to gather a sense of some of these things. And there's going to be a lot to talk about, including I have a three-round mock draft coming out. Dave, on Wednesday, right before the, all the drills start. So it's going to be your last look at what the mock drafts, draft will look like before we get a lot of this information. Because quite frankly, that's the biggest thing here. We have a lot of incomplete information on these prospects. And it's a very similar to discussion to a job interview. Right now, you have a piece of paper that's an application. You, hey, we know this person worked here, they went to school here, and they have this type of experience. That's essentially what we know about a lot of these prospects, right? They went to school here, they were an X-star recruit per 24-7, which is the site that I always use. It's kind of like the main recruiting site. And then on top of that, you also know what, what their production was. You have the tape to go on, but you also need to be able to project forward, and that's where the difficulty comes in. And that's why a lot of these tests are so important. Oh, this guy looks really fast on the field. Well, how does that break down? Is he quick? Does he just get up to top speed really fast? Is he a slow burner? Um, like, what are we looking at here? And that's why a lot of these tests can really tell us a lot about these prospects and why it's so important. It's like right now you have a job application and you're about to go in uh, for your first interview. And then the rest of the process will be like a second and final interviews. And then you'll have the NFL draft to see uh, who wants to hire you. And that's kind of what you're looking at. Um, now, some of these, whatchamacallits, uh, tests, eh, the athletic tests are kind of eh. That you don't need to be great in all of them, but what you do need to do is show a little bit. You need to show a semblance of, hey, I am a good athlete. I'm fast on tape. I'm also fast in the 40. And being able to do both of those things simultaneously is a really good step in the process. Now, some people don't run a fast 40, but they're very fast on tape, and you can kind of discern that. If a guy runs fast on in a track setting but does not look very fast on tape, then you have a lot of questions that you're going to try and answer. So essentially what you're using these tests for is to determine uh, what you see on tape and ha- either confirm or deny what your priors are. And priors, it's the information you've already gathered. So when you read any of my scouting reports, also available on vikingswire.com, I get that from tape. I get that from live viewing because I watch a ton of college football because it's part of my job. And when I watch all this college football, I know that X player is already really good because they do this well. Well, then when I when I go watch the tape, I try to confirm or deny it because I want to see how that translates. Is it just from a live viewing experience or when you're able to see a bird's eye view, the all 22, the all 22 basically means the beginning of the play. You can see the entire field. You can see all 22 players and where they're lining up. How does, how does that equate? Is it the same? Is it different? And I think it's a really good cross reference point. It's like, Hey, I know that this happened in this time. So I'm going to go look up it up in the encyclopedia. And then I'm going to go dig up a couple articles in the library. And then I'm going to conf- cross-reference it on the internet. It's it's kind of the same thing as like you're doing a research project. It's This is a, a basically a big thesis paper. That's what the NFL draft is. And the scouting combine is a really big component of it. Davey, I don't know if it means zilch. It's uh, They're looking for certain traits. Say take an offensive lineman. My buddies. Mm-hmm. The big round bellies, right? Do they care what a 40-yard run alignment runs? Not really, because he's not going to be running 40 yards when he's playing ball. Do they care about him coming out of his stance and either the first 10 split or 
sometimes like on a wide receiver, that second 10, is he accelerating? Can he explode? Does he have the agility to go side to side? And this is this means a lot. They sort of test it. If you take Ed Ingram, Ed Ingram moves side to side in an overset. He moves too far, too quickly, but he has that ability to go side to side. You'd rather do that than not be able to get out far enough to make the block. Those are things that can be tested and verified. Also, with the combine, each team has the opportunity to interview up to 60 players. Now, it's a very much a assembly line type of deal where they go from hotel room to hotel room to hotel room, team to team to team to team, but they get to do see that person. Is he going to gel? You know, first impressions, just you talked about a job interview. How are you interacting with the the people, you know, that are there interviewing you, right? Uh, I'll give an example. When I went to work for American Building Company, right, to design buildings because of my architectural engineering background, I went up there and the first thing I did was a set of four tests, right? And one was math, one was a visual engineering sort of stuff, What how I could perceive things in 3D, uh, drafting sort of type deal. Another one was, uh, one of them was uh, uh, how you got along with people. What were your ethics and how you interacted? And that was all before we sat down and talked to the HR lady, the head engineer, the owner of the plant, the this, the that. This is what the combine is, but it's for all those players to meet all the teams and do just that. And it's valuable. So here's the tough part. Um, A lot of people will look at just, let's just, let's parse this out in segments because um, uh, my worthless opinion, hey, your opinion is not worthless, but I do appreciate uh, the satire there. How often does the player's combine score match up with the eye test after hours of film? Let's kind of break that down because I think this is a really interesting discussion, Dave. When you just watch how they perform on Saturdays, that does not always translate. Some of the best quarterbacks in the history of college football, in my opinion, the two best players in the history of college football were Tim Tebow of Florida, Tommy Frazier at Nebraska. Neither one of their games at the time translated to the National Football League. That doesn't mean they weren't really good. It's just sometimes what you do in college does not equate to NFL success. And you'll see some quarterbacks that are just okay-ish in college. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they end up being great in the NFL because what they do projects out way better. And then when you get here with better coaching, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech, Josh Allen at Wyoming. You're not exactly getting grade A coaching there. Well, they ended up with uh, Sean McDermott and Brian Dayball in the case of Josh Allen and Andy Reid with Patrick Mahomes. Those things make a big difference. And being able to make that uh, make that judgment that you can be able to transform these guys in the NFL because of what they bring to the table. And that's what you're trying to find. You're trying to find traits. Production is great. and You want to see production, but it's not an end-all be-all. And that's why sometimes just being good on Saturdays isn't good enough for Sundays. And you want to see things that translate. And one of the th- easiest ways to see if that'll translate is the combine. Some guys look really fast against slow competition. If the University of Alabama goes and plays Northwestern, Northwestern has a first-round quality tackle and a day three running back. That's kind of about it. So you're not really seeing like, Hey, Alabama running back, Jameer Gibbs, he's playing a lower level of competition. Oh, he looks way faster than them. Well, how fast is he? If he's just way faster than them or runs a 4-5, that doesn't really tell you a whole lot. It tells you that Northwestern is bad, and that's why the combine is so important because it helps you understand what the tape is in a better sense because it'll tell you how quick they are, how athletic they are, because it's I can tell you how athletic Dalvin Cook is based on facing NFL-level competition because it's the top level of competition. In college, it's so incredibly volatile 
going from like the top 10 teams to the bottom 10 teams or anywhere in between. It's very, very different and hard to judge that way, which is why the combine is as important as it is. Essentially, you want to prove that, oh, great point. Big fish look better in small ponds. Yes, they do. They also look better in better situations. Some offenses are better. College offenses use spacing so much differently than the pro offense because the hashes are two times wider. You can maximize the boundary side, which is the short side. Uh, you the field side, which is the which is the wide side. You can utilize space in such a different manner, and that helps you become so much more productive, so much better. Well, spacing in the NFL is almost half that. Even though they're playing on the same size field, it's it's a little hard to explain, but. Basically, the amount of talent you have on both sides of the football is amplified so much versus the college level that the amount of space you have just deteriorates quickly. Um, Davey, too many teams draft a cat because it looks good on tape at the college level and at the combine, but he can't play NFL football. You know, and that's where this becomes. This is the biggest educated guess there is because you're trying to make these decisions and you're trying to say, hey, this guy – this guy was good in college. He's got the traits to be successful in the NFL. And sometimes those guys do bomb. You're 100% right. But you have to try and get as much information as you can to make that decision. And that's where the combine is so incredibly important. And it's not just the, the testing. It's like Dave said, the interview process. Now, at the Senior Bowl, every team talks to every kid. So they don't have to go back and interview any Senior Bowl guys unless they want to. They probably will. They'll probably pick a few, hey, I want to spend more time talking to this guy. Or I want to see, hey, what is this guy doing? Or I want to throw the scent off, so I'm going to interview this guy. Now, if you remember 2011, the Vikings did not talk to Harrison Smith once during the entire pre-draft process, and they took him because they they wanted to throw people off the scent. They already knew what they were going to get, and they were 100% right. This is also a big game of chess. And... You have to be careful with some of these things. You don't want to tip your hand. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a huge it's a game. game of strategy too. <laughs> well, and like, it, that's where the GMs and the, you know, personnel departments make their money because they've got to be better than the 31 other teams at doing this. And that's why they end up getting fired after a while, i.e. Rick Spielman. And we now have, it's it's all part of that, and hopefully they're getting better at their tools, whether it be analytics, better scouts at watching, identifying stuff, better tests for um, cognition or whatever they're looking for. They find those gems, and they get great value at where they draft them. You talked about one example of wasn't fantastic in college, Daniil Hunter. Daniil Hunter, when he got drafted, he only had like three sacks in college. And he is four a and a half. Oh, okay. He is a top five defensive end slash edge rusher in the NFL. They saw something. It worked. They developed it. He's gotten to where he is dominating and and he did it relatively early. Right now, when Justin Jefferson came out, everybody knew Justin Jefferson was going to be good. They didn't know how good, but they knew it was good. That was a relatively smart move. But it's when you pick like Stefan Diggs in the fifth round, and he turns out to be fantastic, right? It's you've got to be able to spot those, and stuff that happens at the combine can help fill those boxes to. You know, solidify that team's, I want to say draft board, but actually how they feel about that person. So, uh, whether they're worth drafting or not. That's why it's here. That and to make it the NFL more money, of course. Yeah. Um, it's the whole process needs to be taken advantage of by these teams to learn as much as you possibly can about these players. And, um, I'm going to try and pronounce it. Um, freak, 
Kirby, the speaker, uh, says, what do you think about the Vikings' chances at a quarterback like Richardson? Well, I would highly recommend going back a couple weeks and watching that episode. Or It might have been last week. I, I can't remember. But we talked about it either last week or the week before, the whole idea of Anthony Richardson. And I love Anthony Richardson. Obviously, I'm a Florida guy. You can see it on my shirt right now. But it's not just about me being a Florida guy. It's about me being an NFL draft analyst. And with Anthony Richardson, you can't just watch him play on Saturday and understand everything that's going on because there's so much nuance to what he brings to the table. And you can also understand why his struggles and weaknesses are what they were and how they can be fixed. And I don't think the Vikings are going to have a chance at him because he's going to throw at the combine. He's going to wow everybody. And he's going to test out of his mind. And I think he goes top five. That really stinks because I want him in Minnesota. But that's just kind of where we're at. We have the 23rd overall pick. And unless you want to give up next year's draft completely, which, look, I'm not going to advocate for. But I'm also not going to say it's a bad idea to go get a guy like Richardson. Um, It was last Monday's show, to be exact. Yeah. So the big thing, though, is you want to parse out every little piece of information to understand the why. Because let me tell you, if a guy throws 12 interceptions, that's bad. What you need to do is answer, why did he throw 12 interceptions? What was going on? Were they all, like there was somebody who posted a clip of that um, Anthony Richardson just throwing it right to a defender. Well, the receiver did not run the right route and the corner jumped it and the receiver didn't even look like he was looking. It was a miscommunication. That happens. Well, you could also just go and be like, hey, Kirk Cousins thinks because he threw it directly to that Buffalo Bills defender against like, and it looked like he was throwing it to a wide receiver. Like stuff happens and you just have to figure out why Kirk Cousins there had a brain fart. And then he came back and led um, one of the greatest comebacks in Vikings history. Like stuff happens and you, you just want to be able to answer the why behind it. Richardson was a, he graduated from a high school in Gainesville, Florida 15 minutes from the swamp where he played his college football. There's a lot of pressure on a hometown kid, and he was already getting massive hype before the season. I loved him as a recruit. He started getting praise within two days of being on campus by like teammates. Kyle Trask, uh, what was his name? Uh, I, it was an edge rusher. He plays for the Texans now. Jonathan Grenard. Um, they're both like, this kid's got it. And he's got, he's intelligent, he's mature. He's got a great arm, like, but he's, he only threw, he threw zero touchdowns and four interceptions in his first three games, all of them at home this year, this year. Well, why you realize, oh, he, you could tell he was just pressing. He was rushing himself. He just felt the pressure. He goes to Tennessee the next week, throws for 500 yards and five total touchdowns. Okay. I we got something here and being answering the why is always going to be more important than the actual answer itself because anybody can throw interceptions. The greatest of all time throws interceptions. Tom Brady threw a pick six in a Super Bowl that he won. It, it happens. They're random and they stink, but you just have to answer the why behind it. And that is why, it's so important and why some teams get it wrong and some teams get it right because they're willing to dig deep and find that why we're kind of getting a little off track talking about the same points over and over again. Let's, let's, let's talk a little bit more broadly about why the combine is important. And I would highly recommend you to go check out articles from both judge Zulgad and Kevin Fielder on vikingswire.com. They both wrote different aspects about the combine Kevin in a much more broad sense and Judd, in a much more Viking-centric sense, something that's going to be talked about a lot at the Combine is contract extensions. Three players that are in line for potential contract extensions, actually four, Justin Jefferson, Daniel Hunter, TJ Hawkinson, and Kirk Cousins. You're going to be able to talk to agents, both for the player and other players. You're going to be able to get a sense of, hey, what would these guys potentially be worth on the open market? What would they be worth in a trade? 
Like you're going to have all these conversations. And this is why the rumor mill is so important here because you're going to have to ask yourself what's going on with X, Y, and Z. And once, once you get those answers, then you're going to be able to take that to the drawing board. There's a, I'd say there's a 50% chance the parameters of one of those four extensions get done over the weekend because there's going to be a lot of time to have those conversations and it's going to be a net positive. Now, which one gets done? Who there's knows? a few more. Those are, those are the four big ones as far as like just a straight up extension. Um, you could talk about a restructure. They don't need a, to ask permission for anybody to restructure. They're going to have conversations with Dalvin Tomlinson's agent. Like there's, there's a lot of different things that are going to be discussed. And that's why the combine is so important as well as um, just the, the draft itself. It's also about free agency. Quasi and Kevin O'Connell are going to get answers on how much is this guy going to cost in free agency. They're probably going to determine. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. I've been on their show. Awesome, awesome dudes. Um, you're going to get a sense of what Garrett Bradbury is going to fetch in a contract extension, Dave. If it's six million, like PFF is projecting, I think it was six or six and a half. Okay, that's pretty palatable. If you hear, oh no, Garrett's going to get ten million on the open market. Well, then maybe you decide you're going to go in a different direction. Then you start having other conversations while you're there. You start thinking about, hey, maybe we sign a free agent to like a one or two year deal. Draft the guy later in the draft and try and develop him for a couple years and then put him in that spot. Like the combine is going to be so much more than just, hey, I'm going to run a 40 in Under Armour. Like that's not all that it is. Um, and that's really important to to know. Um, but it's also having those conversations. Trades get done at the combine. Um, the Jets trading up with the Colts and giving them three second round picks to go up from six to three. That deal was facilitated at the combine. Took a couple weeks to announce, but they facilitated it in Indianapolis. And you talk about the meet and greet, um, talking more with these players, seeing them in a different situation. All of this is going to be really important. And it's never one thing. And that's the thing. You never want to boil anything down to one thing. The only time you should ever do that is if you're on the fence, be like, okay, if this guy runs really fast and he proves that he was that fast on tape, I'm sold on this player. Okay, that's fine because you're looking for one piece of data to be able to tell you if it is what you think it is. I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that. If he's, if you're just looking for the data in order to make up your entire mind about a player, you're doing it wrong because you should already have a good sense of what these players are and then use the data to cross-reference what you already know and challenge what you already know. And I think to me, Dave, I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, I think that's the most important thing is taking the data you gather here and cross-referencing it with what you already have. Kind of like it's just like a basic science experiment. You have a a plant outside. You've been feeding it water and this specific type of fertilizer. And then after two months, then you change to a different type of fertilizer for four weeks and see how it impacts the plant. That's kind of what you're doing here. You're proving a hypothesis is what yes. you're doing. And normally, for most of the players that they're looking at there, they've already watched the film on them. Now, if somebody comes up and does something drastically different than what they saw, they may go back and rewatch and look for the difference. Why? They may ask themselves, well, why is he faster at the combine and not on the field? Or why is he faster on the field but ran slow at the combine? Was something wrong? And they'll go back and revalidate that. But it's proving that hypothesis. And if something else comes up outside of the athletic side of it, uh, concerns about would he get along, um, things like that, that they're going to now see sometimes for the first time, those get applied to that. Well, he was great on the field, but he's a pure jerk and nobody's going to like him so we don't want to bust up our chemistry by bringing him along type of thing. Or, yeah, this guy's a great guy. He's a born leader. Yeah, we want him. 
sort of thing. All those get seen first at the combine. Yeah, 100%. They get, uh, it happens first at the combine. And one of the things that I'm very excited for is I want to see how certain guys perform. And you're going to see an article from me tomorrow that I'm going to spoil here a little bit for you guys listening live tonight. Um, I wrote up 10 players that I think Vikings fans should be watching for just offensive players at the combine on Thursday, Kevin Fielder, one of my uh, columnists, um, is writing one on defense and I'm looking for specific things like Anthony Richardson. I want to see what his athletic testing is and I want to see him throw the football in a weird environment because you can, you don't always get a lot from throwing in a weird environment, but you can get a lot because if you're really good at it, that says volumes about you because it's a lot of timing routes. It's a lot of throwing to receivers you've never thrown to before. And in this sport, a foot means a lot when it comes to ball placement, when it comes to trying to gauge where the receiver is going to be running to. You can tell them to run to a spot, but if they have to slow down, like that's also bad too. So you, it's a lot of different things. Um, I'm looking for some running backs. Uh, Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State. How does he test? Because he's reportedly measures in at five foot six and 176 pounds. He's a small boy. He can block. Dave, you should watch this guy block. He is incredible at it. Like, as a pass protector, like, it's, I don't care that he's small. He can block big dudes and he can By block going them well. to the knees. No. Oh, I Standing hated that up. when I played, when a guy would mm-hmm. try to cut me. I hated that with a passing. He, he does not try to cut. I mean, he, as a running back, he does, but he he likes to stand up and take you on, and he can do it. Wow. And to me, I don't I don't really care if you're 5'6", if you test well, and he's got a well-built frame. Like, Darren Sproles was all thighs. Like, that dude's thighs were like the size of Texas. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. He was just incredibly muscular in, in that lower half. Like, Vaughn can be a good player. What about Mohamed Ibrahim, the Golden Gopher? Tore his Achilles last year. How is he going to look in athletic testing as far as burst, as far as speed? Because that's really the only knock on him is he is not a home run hitter. Can he develop enough of a burst to be able to turn a 20-yard gain into a 40- or 50-yard gain, even though he's probably never going to be able to turn a 20-yard gain into a touchdown from, like, 80 yards out? Can he get it close to the red zone? Like that's going to be able to separate him from maybe like a sixth or seventh round pick to a fourth or fifth. And then testing can be really big for him. Um, Roshan Johnson, if you don't know the name, it's okay. Uh, you know Bijan Robinson, the Texas running back. Uh, Dave is not too far away um, from um, yeah, just um, DKR. Yeah. Um, biggest thing is with him, he was like a top 15 running back in the country. He was Bijan's backup uh, because Bijan is close to generational. And if he has a really good testing day, he could end up being like a third-round pick as a backup running back in college because he was backup to Bijan. Um, Some wide receivers we talked about quite a bit on this show. Tank Dell from Houston, 5'8 and one-quarter inch tall, 163 pounds. If he bulks up a little bit from the senior bowl and it's good weight and then he tests really well, what does that change for his, his stock? Does he maybe go top 50? He's a little bit of an outlier, but he plays the game like a receiver. He does not play it like a gadget weapon. He runs technical routes. He's got varied releases. He's quick and explosive in doing both. And he's great with the ball in his hands. He can track it on a deep ball as well. So testing is going to be big for him. Same with Quentin Johnson from TCU. 6'4", 215, height, weight, speed guy. How quick is he? doesn't look very fast coming off the blocks, but he's not like cement-ridden on his feet either. So a lot of these guys, and you'll be able to read more tomorrow, a lot of these guys, it's going to be very important that they have good testing to be, excuse me, to be able to show that what you're projecting them to be can actually come true. And that's why these are so important. They are. It's, it's going to be fun to watch all week. 
in the next week. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to kind of cut the combine talk a little bit short. Um, at the end, I'll take some questions from you guys who are the live viewing audience. Dave, if you can, let's get that mock draft simulator fired up. And let's have ourselves a mock draft. A mock draft? Really? Are you sure? Yeah, why? What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Real Forno Show's Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? You son of a gun, you got me. You got me. I was like, what? We, we, we talked about this pre-show that we were going to do this, and then you were just messing with me. That was a very good intro. Um, that the new intro, I, I think. I think you did a tremendous job with it. I liked that the beginning graphic where it was like the Viking with like the the gold accents. It was very very well done. Um, but let's do this. Let's do a fourth round mock. Um, if you have any general ideas, should we trade up? Should we trade down? Should we stay pat? Go ahead and throw them in the comments right now because I'm going to kind of decide on the fly how we're going to approach this. When we get closer to the actual draft, I will be looking more at a realistic and predicting approach. Right now, right now is about trying to project out scenarios. Try to understand what's what could happen. So when the draft comes, we're prepared when it does. And I think that that's, a, that's going to be a big thing with how we approach this. Bob wants us to trade up. So you know what, Dave? Let's try and trade up. Let's see what we can do here. Um, Four-round four mock draft with the Minnesota Vikings. Do we want have to some fun. Uh, slow this down a little bit? Uh, it's not going to let me. There we go. A little bit. Do we want to use defaults? What do you mean? This slow. Oh, like the... I've never tried it without using defaults. Yeah, let's just use defaults. Okay. All right. Let's enter. Let's select the Vikings. Yeah. Enter the draft. So, Dave, when it gets to pick 13, let's pause it. Okay. Because I want to be able to see. All right. So, Quentin Johnson just went. Um, and it looks like Peter Skronsky. Paris Johnson Jr., Christian Gonzalez, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Devin Witherspoon, Will Anderson, C.J. Stroud, Tyree Wilson, Bryce Young, Jalen Carter. Okay, so all the quarterbacks are gone. Um, Let's take a look at the board real quick, and let's decide, hey, do we want to see – do we want to trade up? Is there anybody worth it to trade up for? Right now – um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking maybe Brian Branch, but do you want to trade up for a safety? I'm obsessed with Brian Branch. I would love him here. And I don't care if it's safety two years in a row. That guy can play nickel. He can do a lot of things for you. He's like a combination of what Lewis Seen and Harrison Smith is in like a very positive way. Um, so right now, I don't think that we should trade up with the J- Jets because I just think you're going to be paying too much for a premium to get a non-quarterback. Let's drop down to like pick 17, Dave, and kind of see where we're at. It went too far. All right, so. We're at 20. Branch went at 16. You've got Osiris Torrance, Michael Mayer, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Like, okay, 
PFF doesn't show the board until you're on the clock, unfortunately. I'm still waiting for the TDN simulator because that simulator is the one I love to use, but unfortunately it's in beta testing still. And, and Yes, and you can see everybody that's available and who's going to go in. Yes, I agree mm-hmm. with you, David, very much. Okay. I don't think there's anybody worth trading up for right now, so I think we're going to stand pat at 23 and we're going to look to maybe trade down. Um, we left the the opportunity available to trade up, but it just did not come to fruition. Um, when you take a look at the board, Lucas Van Ness, Kalaja Kansi, I don't see them taking Kansi because he weighs 260 pounds. He plays on the interior. Look, is he really good at what he does, pass rushing? Yeah. I just don't know if he's a necessarily a fit. Um, and sometimes if you're not a great fit, you you almost have to eliminate them in certain places. Zay is Flowers a is a guy I love. Yes, but he weighs like two. He's two hundred sixty-five pounds, like dripping wet. Okay. Um, so we're looking at a, he's, like a Tomlinson size. Roughly. No, you're looking at like a Hercules Mata'afa size. Okay. A little bigger than that. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson's three ten, three twenty. So um, Zay Flowers is a guy I like a lot. I saw a lot of. Um, talking to chat about flowers i think he's really good deontay banks i'm a big fan of as well he is continuing to be mocked more and more to the vikings andre carter let's talk about him for a second our edge out of army and i don't mean this to be insulting to andre carter he has a high school senior's body because at the university of army at west point they don't exactly it's the u.s military academy no oh, sorry U.S. Military Academy. They don't exactly develop you to play football. They develop you to be a soldier and you play football. He needs a lot of work, a lot of time in the weight room, and a lot of work with technique in order to be able to be maximized. I don't think that's a guy you take in round one. It's a guy Is you he take going in to like be allowed four, to play three round four. Anyway. Yes, they uh that bill that ended up getting signed that that completely took that away. They modified it before it got to the president, and yeah, you'll be allowed to play. Okay. I think during the offseason, you have to do some of your duties. You have to serve a little bit, but he'll be allowed to play. It's, um, you're, you'd have a reserve commitment while you're in there. When we got uh, the long snapper, the Air Force Academy grad, that would, that took the president signing a waiver for them to play and to waiver that initial commitment time and postpone it um, until mm-hmm. – they were done playing the pro sports, and he did it for, I think, all the pro sports at that time, not just football. And while they're in that pro sport window, they still have reserve duty responsibilities. And for mm-hmm. us, when it was the long snapper, the lieutenant, he was doing some logistics stuff at the air base at St. Paul, um, Minneapolis-St. Paul base with the air guard. Yeah, um, they. I think it's really cool that they still get the opportunity to do so, and it doesn't necessarily take away from their commitment with the U.S. military. Um, yeah, Davey, it, you you kind of see my point then. Like it's it like it's it's not that he's unhealthy. It's not like he just needs to have an NFL body, and he's just not there yet. And well, it's, if he's six three, it's because he went to Army. If he's six three and one hundred and seventy, he's not even close. I was bigger than that in high school. No. That's what Davey said he oh. was. Andre oh. Carter's like 250, 260. But when you look at him, he's got chicken legs. He does not <laughs> built strong. Like you, you can, you, you, you'll be able to tell with some of these guys. Nolan Smith weighs like 240 pounds. He's 6'3, but he looks like he has more of an NFL body than Andre Carter does. Um, so I, I don't think there's anybody that jumps out here that's like, oh, I need to take this guy. Dave, let's take a look at those trades. Let's see what we can get to move down. Now, here's something to know with the PFF simulator. This is not necessarily realistic. Okay? It's... Like, it may make sense as far as a value perspective for a team to trade you, like, six picks to take the Vikings one, but that doesn't mean um, it's, it's good in reality. Like, oh, the Vikings could trade their first round pick and they'll get like six picks. But the next time they pick is that pick 80. Like, 
no, like, so it's something to just be mindful of. Um, okay, so they're offering us, what are they offering us? I can't tell. I can't, I don't like this. It doesn't tell me. The Chiefs are offering something. Huh. Well, it says, okay, so he, here's what I'm trying to figure out because it's, it, it says there are six trades. Right. I, I want to see what those trades are. Okay. So those are the teams interested in this pick. Oh, so they're just telling us what teams are interested and then we get to build the trade. Okay. Okay, I, I see that. All right. So let's take a look at the Chiefs because I think that's a very logical spot for us to drop to. 31. Now, if you remember, the Vikings made a trade from 25 to 31 in 2020. They ended up picking Jeff Gladney with that selection. Rest in peace. And they got a fourth-round pick to move back. So what I would do here, Dave, is because it's 23, I would ask for... 123 and 133 to go back um, from 23 to 31. Okay, 31 and... 123 and 133. So that means we would get to make two extra picks tonight, and then we give back 23. Perfect. So we just got two fourth-round picks to go back eight spots. I think considering where the value of this draft is, I think that's a very good deal. So okay. let's resume and let's let's see what ends up happening and what we're looking at. Okay, so Deontay Banks is still on the board. I don't want to trade back again. I think we should make a pick here. Deontay Banks, Nolan Smith. Let's scroll down a little more, Dave. Anton Harrison, Will McDonald, Antonio Johnson. So there are some good players available on the board here at the last pick of the first round. I think based on what we have right now, Dave, there's there's really one selection we should make based on what I'm seeing. And that is? I think we, we need to take Deontay Banks, the cornerback from Maryland. I love the kid. He went toe-to-toe with Marvin Harrison Jr. and held his own. And if you don't know Marvin Harrison Jr., you will. He is probably going to go top five in next year's draft. He is really, really good. Um, and now with uh, Banks, I don't think the Vikings are have to feel like they need to take a cornerback, but we also haven't done anything in free agency yet. So we still have that. Um, we still have that space. Okay. So now we're picking at 87, and we're not going to pick again until 119. So there's a couple different routes we can go. And there are two guys that I see right away that I'm very interested in. One is Nathaniel Dell. We talked about him earlier. He's Tank. a little smaller. Yep. Just a tremendous football nickname, Tank Dell. Um, I think he'd be a great pick. Um, and then there's Carl Brooks, the edge from Bowling Green. Dave, you would love Carl Brooks. He is an edge rusher at 300 pounds, and he can bend. This dude is a unit. And he can be very multiple for you. He can play five tech. You can sign him in and play three technique. He could stand up and be an edge rusher. This dude played as an edge rusher at Bowling Green because he was just that freaky. And I think that the Vikings should focus on offense in this draft. But I'm going to be honest with you. I see Carl Brooks right there. And that's where I'm going to go. Because I think Carl Brooks can be that type of player that can help you be multiple. And that's one of the things that Brian Flores, he wants versatile football players. And he's going to give you pressure from the line versus being an outside, pure outside linebacker, right? Type Mm -hmm. edge rusher. He's more uh, a traditional edge slash move in and pressure from there than Zadarius Smith would be even though Zedarius moves all over the line. But he is, you're telling me he's more put the hand in the dirt and 
I'm going to beat that guard. I'm going to beat that tackle. Yeah, it's he is okay. He's good. He's versatile. Um, think of Trey Flowers. Ninety-three um, grade in twenty twenty-two. Damn. I'm cool with it. I like my lineman. Yeah. All right. Let's take a look at who we've got here. Okay. So Michael Wilson is going to be a guy you're going to hear a lot about, especially this week. Okay. Michael Wilson also missed, played 14 games over the last three years because of injuries. Uh, Troy, Cody Mock was not available. Um, he's probably going to go top 50, especially because of his versatility. He's now proven he can play five positions on the offensive line. He was a left tackle for NDSU, but he showed immobile. He can be a center and he can be a guard. Those are probably his two, three best spots, the two guards and center, just because of uh, his limitations, like with arm length and everything. And he's just a mauler. I think he'd be better on the inside. But Michael Wilson, Man, does he got tools. He's got size. He's got speed. He's got route running. He can, he can catch the football. He can high point it and track it. But can he stay healthy? Like, that is very worrisome. It, multiple injuries to his lower legs. Not good. Well, that's where the uh, trainers come in, and we got the best training staff now. Yeah. We do have three picks in this round. So we can take shots. Um, let's scroll down a little bit. Who else is available? Because PFF's board is going to stack up differently than mine. Um, we have a lot of running backs available here, and I think that's important to talk about because running back is going to be a position that we need to prioritize. Dorian Williams, the uh, linebacker from Tulane, is a guy that we're going to talk about too. He's got great sideline to sideline speed. He's, he's a thumper. Um, I really like him. Um, as a projection to be a, a three four inside linebacker. Um, all right, Davey. So there's yes, not every a, time I run this, Schmitz is off the board before we get to twenty three. Yeah. Okay. So when I take a look at this, Dave, I think I think this is where you take that shot at Michael Wilson. Even though you've got the injuries, fourth rounds the, the round you take those guys. It's guys who are too good, but have off the field concerns or lack of production. Guys who have a ton of production but don't have a lot of um, athletic traits, or you take guys that are just injured, and that's what Michael Wilson is. Here, I think the Vikings could use a running back. Madison's gone, that uh, presumably. Dalvin Cook could also be gone, and then there's two guys that I want to focus on: Tank Bigsby from uh, Auburn. Tank Bigsby could be a top three back in this class. I'm slowly starting to work through it. I've only watched Juice Vaughn and B. John Robinson in depth, but I, I think Tank Bigsby has a nice combination of size, speed, and vision that you can work with. And Kendra Miller, the running back from TCU, really, really good player, one of the catalysts of the reason that they got to the national championship game. I'm going to take Bigsby because I just think his upside is absurd. And I think by getting a guy like Bigsby, you can pair him with Ty Chandler and you can feel comfortable about what he's going to bring to you. Um, and you can kind of take a look like kind of a one cut style back. Like he's awesome. Um, plus he's, he's a big boy. He's like six foot, like two twenty. He's, it says he's built like a two thirteen, but yes. And he's relatively young. 21. Years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people that. in this draft that are going to be older. Yep. So, Bigsby, we get Sank well, Bigsby, another guy in the rotation. Mm-hmm. By committee. All right, so now we're gonna now we're gonna want to scroll down a little bit, Dave, because I I'm not a big guy, Colby Wooden guy from Auburn. Dorian Williams, we talked about. We have a corner. His teammate Banks, his teammate Jacorian Bennett's on the board. Kobe Turner is a much lighter three tech, but he's also very talented. Um, if we want to go wide receiver, I like Jalen Moreno Cropper a lot. 
Um, Broderick Martin is a um, is like a defensive tackle for Western Kentucky. I think he's really talented. But I think what we're going to do here, because we've gone cornerback, we've gone defensive line, we've gone uh, running back, and, and that, what was we did take the wide receiver in Wilson. So I think what we're going to do, Cam Jones is another interesting linebacker. Um, athletic, long for being six foot, great tackler. But we're going to go up and we're going to take Dorian Williams, the two-lane linebacker. Um, here's something to be aware of that it seems that the Viking like I'm kind of taking these guys as a different example, but there are two things we know for sure about Quasi Dofomensa, Dave. He loves um here say like download that image and let's let's post it and let's let's kind of get some reaction to it. Um we can post it after the show and try and get some engagement online and get some people to watch. Um What's his name? Uh, Quasi. Like, A-. minus. That's a pretty good draft right there. Um, Quasi has shown two things to be true so far. He loves quickness in the 10-yard split. And he's only drafted Power 5 players. In this, we drafted two guys who did not play at a Power 5 school. Carl Brooks, Dorian Williams. I'm not going to say that they're off the board. But it's something you have to you have to really consider when you're talking about the Vikings. I think that it could very well be that they only draft power five guys again. Because it's they must have something analytically that says that you want to draft power five guys because they play a higher level of competition, yada yada, bing bang. Okay. Makes sense. And power five is gonna include like your independence, BYU, and Notre Dame. Because they play a power five schedule. Now, will that continue on this year? Because it's you have a full scouting year, which I project from after the draft to the draft. Like, Quasi came in in January last year, like right before the Senior Bowl. It's You're doing things on a much more condensed schedule. This is going to be Quasi's first full year. We're going to learn a lot about his process, and it's going to be very fascinating to watch. I liked this draft a lot. I think you attacked multiple needs. You got value, as you can see by some of these grades. I think Carl Brooks probably goes around 87, even though his uh, grade per PFF is a C minus. But I love Carl Brooks. He's going to be one guy I watch on tape over the next few days, like in full, to get an even better sense. But everything I've seen from him so far, he's awesome. Um, Dave, how do you feel about this draft before we head out for the night? It's it's a mock draft. I st- I'm still in the learning phase of learning these guys. So um, I don't know. I I have a few draft crushes, and some of them are gone by now. So it's, you know, hey, mm-hmm. it is what it is. We'll learn more this week. That's the whole point of the combine. Um, we're going to start to put it up. I'm going to switch screens real quick. Um, so I get it up. We have a schedule. Let's see. Where's the schedule? Scroll down. Here we go. Here is the player schedule of what's happening. We've already had guys starting to report. We did yesterday and Sunday with the D-line and linebackers. All Everything gets staggered so that they can get field time. The D-line and the linebackers are first on the fields. Um. And that, I think, happens starting Thursday. And the field work goes through Thursday through Monday the 6th. That, those are the days that we're glued to watching NFL Network or NBC, because I see NBC is broadcasting quite a bit of it, too. And we're going to watch that. And then we're going to watch the Internet and see how guys are coming in with those spider charts and their RAS numbers and all how that comes puts together. And you're going to see people that you hadn't watched. How many college programs are there? There's a gazillion of them. Yes, you know the top five schools. You know the SEC and the Big Ten and all that. But there's plenty, plenty more, and we're going to be able to see it. I think there's over 200 players that were invited to this. 300. Okay, It's like 315. It's a lot. It's a lot. So it's going to be a learning process. 
And that's what we love. Yes, Davey, drafting a kicker is against the rules in my book. You will never see me do that again. Um, but yes. And another thing that I failed to mention or failed to post up here, I had it run at the very beginning. This week, we get the press conferences from Quasi on Tuesday, and we get the press conference from Kevin O'Connell on Wednesday. They're always, you know, we had with Rick Spielman, we had Rick speak, which was interesting. Uh, Zimmer was more relaxed at these, and you get more information out of them. It's going to be interesting to see what they say this year versus last year when they were brand new and, you know, not settled in. So the times posted there, you can see them. They're all Eastern, but it's going to be fun to watch, and that's why I like the Combine. I love the Combine. Last year I had COVID, so I actually got to sit and watch the full Combine and watch all the drills, and that was pretty cool, you know, except for the whole, you know, having COVID thing. But um, I was still working at the liquor store at the time, and, well, I didn't have to go to work. That was kind of nice. Um, <laughs> this year, my entire life is football, and that's – well, my work life is football. Um, and that's pretty cool. But that is our show today. Um, make sure you check out uh, everything at vikingswire.com. We're going to have a lot for you when it comes to the NFL draft, when it comes to the combine, and when it comes to – anything and everything Vikings news. We're going to have breakdowns of both the Quasi and Mensa and Kevin O'Connell press conferences that are happening at the Combine tomorrow morning at 9. And I think it was uh, Wednesday at 1? Um, uh, it's 9 o'clock Central for Quasi and then Wednesday at 1.30 for Kevin. Yep. So make sure you, you keep an eye out for that. Judd is going to be has met with these guys multiple times. He's going to be breaking down what, what they said. His article is good. I read it earlier today. It's Judd. He's tremendous. Um, Davey, thank you for the comment on the great show. We did say last week that we were going to have more information for you about our future. Well, the good news for you is we don't have any news. Um, You're going to be able to continue to watch this program on this YouTube channel and listen to it on this podcast RSS feed for at least another month. So you don't have to worry about us going anywhere for the time being. Um, You're still going to get all the great shows. Anyways. Just well, we just may have we a may slight just change the curtains a little bit. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, we would like to uh, like to thank you guys for joining. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Lake Monster Brewing, and that's badass Wood Art uh, for supporting us and the network. Um, you can make sure that you follow everything that we are doing. Um, Dave and I went in news breaks. We are going to have a have something for you. Um, I will let you know unless Dave and I can work something out as far as what we're going to do, because I'm going to be out of town on, I think it's Monday, March 20th. There may not be a show that day. We'll work so, out. yeah, I, I fly out on March 14th, and then I come back a couple days later. Maybe we'll do an abbreviated show. Maybe we'll just wait until I get back and then do one on a special day to make sure that we get everybody a show, because I want to make sure that we end up having these really good conversations. Um, in the meantime, Dave, I think that's everything. Um, well, make sure tomorrow, you check out. Yeah. What we about did tomorrow? a mock draft tonight. We got an A minus grade. Tomorrow, the boys over at Vikings Happy Hour are posting an A plus graded draft that they did. I am really curious to see how they managed an A plus out of the PFF draft machine on their mock draft. That will be posted tomorrow, and then uh, we'll have mixes of us uh, and Vikings Happy Hour all week to be followed up on Saturday, where Darren and I and your two old bloggers will be talking about the Combine. But in our most anticipated episode yet, we've gone through all State of the Vikings, all the offensive groups except for one. That one is quarterbacks. And with the news out today, reported by Tom Palacero, that Kirk Cousins wants either to play out his contract as stated or a long-term one, it's going to be relevant, and we can't wait to get into it. 
Absolutely. There's going to be a lot more coming over the next couple months because we are two months from today away from the Vikings making their hopefully first selection in the 2023 NFL draft. And we cannot wait for it. Uh, From Dave, myself, thank you for watching and listening to The Real Forno Show. Have a fantastic rest of your week. And Skull Vikings, baby. Turn in your Mondays purple. Skull Vikings. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.